I know I was like so nervous at the Tokyo Olympics. I remember like checking my heart rate on my watch. After that, it's just blank. Do the run, second run, I ended up crashing so I couldn't better the score. The score came in. It was this insane feeling of what just happened. I celebrate by hanging out with my group and taking it all in with the people that got me there in the first place. Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Win. I'm Kate Courtney, and each week, Cedric Dumont and I hear from world-class athletes to better understand the mental tools that have helped them reach the top. Today, we'll be hearing from elite BMX athlete, Nikita Ducro. This episode is one that I'm personally very excited to share. About two years ago, I was invited to a summit through Red Bull that brought together incredible female athletes from across sports to talk about mental health. That is where I first met Nikita and began following her journey. The Swiss American discovered BMX freestyle in 2010, and by 2017, she was winning medals in competitions around the world. Nikita is an incredibly accomplished athlete, but her work to destigmatize the conversation around mental health in sports is equally impressive and deeply impactful. Our conversation today will center around the role of a supportive environment in achieving and sustaining success. It can apply to situations like that Red Bull Summit, where Nikita created a safe space for us to share openly and learn from one another. But it can also apply to more performance-oriented goals, like structuring a supportive athletic environment that took Nikita all the way to an Olympic medal in Tokyo. My name is Nikita Ducro, and I am a freestyle BMX athlete. BMX freestyle is basically small bikes. We ride them in skate parks. And there's a couple different disciplines within that. There's street riding, which is just kind of cruising around the streets. There's park, which is what I do. It's basically a bunch of ramps that are set up in different configurations, different things you can jump over, do tricks. When I was much younger, I played soccer and stuff. I mean, I was playing on a travel team and stuff, so we were, you know, traveling around for tournaments and stuff. I remember at one point there was like an Olympic development camp that I was supposed to go to. I really loved soccer. I was good enough at it that I probably could have taken it somewhere, but I didn't always feel like I belonged so much when I was playing soccer. I think just like not feeling like I was in the right place. When I started riding BMX, that's when I really just felt like I had found my people. I felt like I fit in, even though it was all these random people guys, girls, people my age or 40-year-olds from all different countries, all different backgrounds, but somehow we just all fit really well together. I had a lot of anxiety when I was 12, 13, 14. When I would start to feel that anxiety, it was really hard for me to like go to a soccer practice or go to a game. I just didn't want to be there versus when that would happen with BMX. I felt a lot more okay being with that group of people, just knowing that I was in a more comfortable place, I guess. The first time I rode with other people, I was staying at my grandma's house and I found a group of kids who rode BMX on Facebook, locally in the area. 
and started messaging them. And my grandma ended up driving me to the skate park, which was maybe 10 minutes from her house. And I met up with them there. It just felt really natural. Like they were just really stoked to have another kid to ride with. I was stoked to meet some people and you know, they were able to like show me tricks and teach me different things. It was just really cool. I was like, you know, with BMX, it's constantly evolving. There's always something new you could be learning. Everyone has their own style, so you can get different input from different riders. So we're kind of all in that together, like this big collaboration. You know, somebody does something cool, and it makes you super stoked and motivated to either try that or try something else that that it made you think of. So it's just this never-ending, like, cycle of learning things and progressing and kind of just feeding off of the session. And if you think, oh, I want to learn how to do this trick, you would ask one of the riders, hey, can you, like, show me? or explain to me how to do it. Or sometimes you would be trying it and someone would see you trying it and come up and just offer some tips, you know. Oh, maybe like turn your head a little more this way or look this way and it'll spin faster. You know what it feels like to land a new trick and it feels just as good to like see somebody else achieve that as well. I overthink everything all the time constantly and so one thing that I still struggle with now but especially back then was there were some tricks that I could do but I would be scared to like just try them in a normal session and that's when I kind of saw at contest it was like you've got all these people like cheering and you, and you want to put on a good show it's just super exciting to be there and everyone's like throwing different tricks and you kind of feed off of that and I, I saw like that I was also like sending things that I would maybe have a hard time doing at home. And so that's when I really started liking competitions. With BMX, everyone's stoked and the crowd is like cheering for everyone. You know, everyone's doing different tricks and everyone's happy about it. Whereas with soccer, it was like you had the two teams, super intense, and, and then you, you get to BMX and it's like, yeah, there's there's going to be a, a winner, a podium at the end of the day, but then also, like, you can only do your own best. So it's like everyone's just happy to see you throwing down and you also feed off of somebody else doing something really good. So there's no reason to be negative towards the other riders. I would definitely say my greatest achievement so far has been the bronze at the Tokyo Olympics. During, I know I was like so nervous before dropping in. I remember like checking my heart rate on my watch. And then after that, it's just blank. You just go do the run that you prepared for. Second run, I ended up crashing so I couldn't better the score. I qualified third, I think, going into it. So there was still one more athlete to go after me who could potentially bump me out because I was in that bronze medal position and that was so stressful, just like waiting. They took their time with the score and I think it ended up being like really close, maybe like one point difference or something. Um, so just like sitting there waiting with the camera on me to see if I would medal or not. The score came in. It was this insane feeling of what just happened. But then once that kind of like settles, then I usually just like celebrate by hanging out with my group and my team and just enjoying our time together. 
taking it all in with the people that got me there in the first place. I guess some people maybe prefer to like go at it alone, but for me, I think having all these key people like in the right place at the right time is kind of what makes the difference. If you're not feeling your best or if you're not feeling up to something, having the right people around you definitely affects that. And I mean, it started from the very beginning, having my team of my family there to support me. And then as I kind of grew and started going off on my own, then it, it was up to me to find these different people to bring into my team, basically, just so I had the right people around me to support me in all these different ways. If it's right, it will start to feel like a family. My coach, for example, he was just a fellow rider, and it was actually the first time I was visiting North Carolina where I ended up moving. And he was also visiting from the Netherlands, and we were just riding, and he was just helping me out with some stuff, and I just really liked the way he was not purposely coaching me, but sort of coaching me. And he just seemed to kind of understand how my mind was working and stuff. He's professional, he rides, he knows what he's talking about. He's not gonna tell me to go do something that he knows. Obviously there's always the risk of crashing, even on something you do every single day, but he's not gonna go send me to do something he doesn't fully have confidence in me doing. It's like, all right, he knows I can do it. He, he's been watching me prepare for it. So it's a little bit easier to take that risk. I think he's just really helped me to not be so hard on myself when I don't have like a good training day. Something he did say was like, going into a session with goals and not expectations. Going in with expectations can make it harder to actually get it done or do it. And then when I don't do it, then it's like, oh, this is, this is terrible. Like I failed everything. Going into it with goals, then you know you have these things that would be cool to do but if for some reason it's not seeming like that's going to work that day it's not the end of the world you can switch routes and, and focus on something else you see somebody else with the bike and it's like oh they're one of us you don't even have to speak the same language you just know like oh we do the same thing this is cool let's ride together in two weeks i have this 13 year old girl from japan her mom is sending her to stay with me for like a week to train. That's just bringing me back to when I first started riding and was riding with these other riders who took me under their wing and taught me stuff. So it's cool now to be kind of on the other side of it. One thing that stood out to me in Nikita's interview was how aware she is of the role and impact of her environment. Nikita points out that one of the things that drew her to competition was the way that the environment helped her push herself. With BMX, everyone's stoked and the crowd is like cheering for everyone. Similarly, she was drawn to her current coach because he created an environment of trust in which challenge and skill were adequately matched. He just seemed to kind of understand how my mind was working and stuff. Both of these observations require a high level of self-awareness and show Nikita's commitment to noticing the people and places that bring out her best. Being able to identify what you need from your environment and support system can be a huge asset. For many of us, a sense of belonging to a group that accepts and values each member is important to feeling like we can do our best. 
Theorists have established four key components of a supportive environment. The first component is inclusion. You know you're valued and you see that everyone else is treated fairly. The next one is that you can learn, discover, make mistakes, and experiment. The third one is about how you can collaborate between peers. In some cases, that might mean constructive debate. In others, it might mean working together on a creative project. And the final component is that you can question what's going on. If something doesn't work for you or doesn't seem right, you have the power to raise a concern and contribute to change. Inclusion, learning, collaboration, and questioning. These are four areas to think about when you're trying to improve the support around you. A really supportive environment can help you take more risks and can be crucial to your success. For me as an athlete, I've found that the right environment is something you learn about and create over time. Early on in my career, I wasn't sure exactly what the right environment looked like. Was it one with a lot of support staff? Was it one where I had time alone before races? What types of places did I want to stay in? A hotel or an Airbnb? Did I want to cook or go out to eat? All of these small elements of your environment can have a huge impact on how prepared you feel on race day to give your best. And for me, it was all trial and error. But through a process of noticing both my environment and how I felt in that environment, I started to put together the pieces of what got me to my best performances. And then, once I started to notice those things, I could use them to more actively create that environment. I'm gonna take you through a little exercise that will help you identify what you might need from a supportive environment and how you can start using that knowledge. I want you to think about a time you felt really supported. You might've felt really confident, comfortable, or included. Maybe a family holiday or a competition with your coach and teammates beside you. Just pause here and go back to that moment. Try and really dive into it. When and where was it? Who was there? What were your senses telling you, like the sounds and smells? Was there anything others did that you really appreciated? Now, think about an environment in your day-to-day -day life. Maybe something from the office, from a dinner with friends last week, from band practice. Make sure it's recent and recurring. Once again, I want you to dive into the moment and explore whether or not you felt supported. Let's take the example of a work meeting and you're presenting some information. You remember the room was a bit cold, there was a machine buzz, the cable wasn't connecting properly. Maybe a colleague was typing on their phone and while you were talking, you weren't getting the type of interaction you had expected. Next, and this is an important step, contrast these two moments. Why did you feel more supported in one situation? Think about the people, the space, your interactions. Hopefully, it will soon become clear in your mind what a supportive environment looks like for you. Finally, when the moment is right, how do you act with this information? Can you share this information with other people who might be able to help, like colleagues, your boss, or a coach? If you need guidance on that, refer back to our episode with the English cricketer, Ben Stokes. 
You might be in a great position in all areas of your life, but there are always ways you can strive for an even more supportive environment. The payoff can be really significant. Over time, you can help others help you give your best. And that's it for me for now. I really hope this episode has brought you some perspective on what a supportive environment is for you. Join us next time to learn more about the mindset of athletes at the top of their game.